You have just been invaded by... Hey there guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room and you're listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch with my co-host Grizzly Cryden. If you like the podcast and you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And if you have any particular news stories that you would like us to cover in a future episode, then please do let us know in the dedicated rooms over on Discord. Plus, if you are listening to the podcast on any of the many podcast services around the world, then please do give us a little review. It really does help us spread our wings and get into the earlobes of plenty of other podcast goers. Anyway, enough of the plugs. Let's get on with the show. How are we doing, ladies and gents? It's time for Slopes Cast. Welcome back, everybody, and a massive thank you straight away. It goes out to Andy Norton, who's throwing bits at us. He's throwing bits yeah. at us. You know why? You know why he's doing that? Because YouTube, the people that watch live every single Thursday night on YouTube, there are now officially more people watching on YouTube over on Slope Extra by one. Let's see what happens as we go on. Like I say, if you're listening to this podcast um, on a podcast service like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any of those other ones, then you can actually watch it live when we record this every Thursday night at 9 p.m. UK time. Uh, what, what's the other things? Uh, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes, you say, should come join us, maybe. Definitely should. Definitely, definitely should. And it looks like we've got a hype train going. So choo-choo, says Michael Towns. Thank you very much. Thanks, for everyone, for supporting the show as much as you do. Right. We have quite a few topics we're going to be getting through tonight, uh, as we were away last week. And, um, well, Grizzly, why don't you talk us through what we're going to be chatting about tonight? Yeah, so we've had two weeks worth of news and I've tried to condense it down into six topics, but they are somewhat bigger topics. So this week we're going to look at Bayonetta 3 and the many more games shown at Nintendo Direct, but not all of them because that would take forever. It would take a long um, time. Speaking of a lot of games, Project Deluge is back and they have leaked a hundreds of Dreamcast and Xbox prototypes, Excellent. we wave farewell to the le the man, the, le the legend, Sir Clive Sinclair. Mm -hmm. um, we talk about Aladdin going on to the Disney collection, and by that we mean the Super Nintendo version and more. And more. The Advertising Standards Agency steps in to tackle microtransactions. It's about damn time. Mm -hmm. And Pico Interactive returns with another... How would you say classic? I, I I think to some people it would be considered classic. It's definitely infamous. I remember at the time it being a bit of a um not the not the greatest game. It's a, a very unique. It's it's a unique character, but a very basic character. Glover, that's what we're talking <laughs> about here, Glover. But yeah. um, it's definitely built up a. I, I'd go as far as saying a hardcore fan base. Yeah, it's yeah def definitely a type of fan base. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but we're yeah, we're going to talk about Glover. <laughs> and guys, um, please do stick around for the Glover uh, section, uh, which is obviously at the end of the podcast. <laughs> you see what we're doing yeah. there? Um, because I have actually reached out to the original developers of Glover, the Oliver Twins, and Pico Interactive, the people responsible for this remake, and they've both given me a little bit of information about it. So uh, exclusive to Slope Juicy Deets incoming. 
Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, there's quite a lot that we can take away from the few things they told us, and we'll be discussing that a little bit later on. But right now, let's move on to topic number one. And there's so many of these directs now. Nintendo completely uh, changed the game when they confusingly left E3 that year and decided they were just going to play a video instead. And yeah. everyone was, really? What are you doing, Nintendo? That isn't what you're supposed to do. And now everybody's followed suit. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> has followed suit. We're talking tiny little companies do it. Uh, bigger companies, your Sonys, your Xboxes. Um, all all of those good peeps, but obviously Nintendo were the originators, and they've just had a new one. They yeah. showed off. What, what, do you reckon they showed off a fair amount? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I mean, what I was going to say is none do it like Nintendo. Um, mm -hmm. you, you see all of these direct, all these showcases, and you just think, right, they're just showing us a bunch of trailers. But with Nintendo, there's a bit of showmanship to it. I feel like Nintendo does has kind of lost that since, unfortunately, Satoru Iwata left us but um yeah they they still put on a show they still got hype behind them because they they know when to show their cards absolutely they do be here with bayonetta 3 yes bayonetta 3 was definitely one of the big ones unfortunately it's not a reveal they mm, yeah it, it's it, it, in true yeah in, in true who is it um uh platinum it's platinum isn't it yeah platinum yes fashion they they, they they teased this or announced this an extremely long time ago and uh, yeah, <laughs> we're finally getting yeah. to see some actual decent gameplay and it's everything we wanted. Uh, I'm sure this is only the tip of the iceberg as to what we're actually going to be getting. Um, yeah, it's, it's really exciting stuff. Very much so. So interestingly, uh, recent news has shown that the director of Bayonetta 3 is not Hideki Kamiya, uh, which everyone mm. was expecting. It's actually the gentleman who was behind Scalebound. And okay. in this trailer... There's a lot of action involving giant beasts fighting giant beasts with Bayonetta dancing to control them. It leads me to believe a lot of the stuff that was on the cutting room floor for Scaleband has made it into this game, oh. which is neat. I like that. that um, but uh, yeah, Bayonetta 3, what can you say about that? They announced it far too early. Um, Definitely. And I'm just glad that we now see something tangible proof that it's actually a thing. And Bayonetta looks just stunning. I, I oh, love this character. I love these games. I can't wait to play it. A lot of my uh, time is uh, spent researching cosplayers of Bayonetta. I don't feel like I need to. I definitely don't need to, but it's always a good thing to look up. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be great. Uh, you know what? I actually still haven't played um, Bayonetta 2. Uh, but I love Bayonetta 1, but Bayonetta 2 you know, is quite high up on my I need to get on that. Yeah, uh, you absolutely playlist. should. It's like two times better the, the, than the original game, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. Everyone seems to think that. I mean, yeah, let me know in the chat, guys, uh, which of the uh, Bayonettas you prefer. Like I said, I've only actually played one, so I can't, uh, uh, I can't give my opinion on that. I've got this lovely box set of Bayonetta 1 and 2 for the Wii U, and I, I think I've definitely got to play Bayonetta 2 on the Wii U. I mean, I bought the box set. <laughs> got to happen but yes bayonetta 2 that was one of the first big ones they showed off there very very exciting um, gotta say gotta say gotta mind the utter filth that's going off in the twitch chat <laughs> <laughs> yes shh, shh, shh. thank you very much guys for naughty 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 um <laughs> next up uh now people that <laughs> were looking on my extra slope channel i don't normally do rant videos in fact i think i've only ever done a few in my entire life but I just had to do one on this announcement. So the Super Mario Brothers movie is coming. And no, we're not talking about the 94 or 96 movie, whenever that old one came out. Um, yeah. 
everyone seems to think is good all of a sudden. I don't know where that's come from. Um, well, yeah, there's a Someone new Super Mario. Yeah, there's a new Super Mario Brothers movie coming out. It was an animated movie, and in my head, that meant it was going to look like the beginning of like what Super Mario 3D World or Super Mario Galaxy, you know, Odyssey. That that style. You can't really go wrong with it. You know, Charles Martinet is still with us. He can do some great voice work for it and make it like a Mr. Bean or the first half of Wally movie where most of it is kind of silent with a few little wahoos and all that all together. And you can make a really cool film that would fully stand the test of time. It doesn't need to be any more than that. Yeah. Well, it was announced, guys. And this is very upsetting for me. It's very, very upsetting for me. <laughs> but um, I find this hilarious. Oh, it, it's, it's ridiculous. So we haven't seen what Mario looks like or anything like that yet. But we have heard from Mr. Miyamoto himself, who's working closely on this movie, apparently. And I do believe him. He worked closely on the um, uh, Universal Studios project. Seems to be look, quite enjoying these little outside projects. And the, the Super Mario Bros. movie is the next thing he's working on with Chris Pratt as the uh, (laughs) I make it sound like I'm heavily emphasizing the Pratt part of his name he's a great actor he's a fantastic actor and if I was in his shoes I would definitely jump at the chance of being the voice of Mario because hey yeah totally but yeah he's the voice of Mario we got Anya Taylor-Joy as the voice of Princess Peach if I'm not mistaken gee Harry Potter Charlie Day is the voice of Luigi. Jack Black is the voice of Bowser. You know, Bowser that goes, not really a lot more. To be uh, fair, you know, those last two, I can buy. Uh, Charlie Day is Luigi. Yeah, I, I get it. You know, it, all, he gotta do, all he's got to do is just change his voice a little. And Jack Black as Bowser might actually turn into something quite funny. But Chris Pratt as Mario? Uh, I, I'm not. No, no, I just, I just don't see it. It's odd, isn't it? I'm waiting for the Seth Rogen moment where Donkey Kong lets out a fart and he says, ooh, stinky. And that's that's pretty much the, the level I'm looking for here at this at this stage. What well, who's the voice of the big um orangutan in Jungle Book? He's also in like Tarantino movies and stuff. Oh, the the big orangutan. oh what King Louis. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what his actor's name was. Oh, you're because thinking Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. In- that's it. When I watched that Jungle Book movie, it was stunning. It was an absolute, like, beautiful movie to watch. But all I could see was the fact that there was, who you just said, I already forgot his name, um, singing Jungle Book songs. And I'm like, this is so weird. And then you've got Scarlett Johansson as a snake, as the snake. And, and you've got, um, what's his name from Ghostbusters being the voice of Baloo. And, and all you can hear are those people doing those voices? And it's the same yeah. with The Lion King. You heard Seth Rogen as the voice of Pumbaa, and it was just, come on. To be fair, he was quite close to the original voice, though. And Seth uh, Rogen, well, it's not that far I mean, off. It, it's, it's not, but I mean, it just takes me back to the days where I didn't know that Rowan Atkinson, a.k.a. Mr. Bean, was the voice of um, Zazu from the original Lion King. Because there was no heavy emphasis on the fact they just got a good voice actor that would work for that character. And what really upsets me about this, you've also got people, like you said, Seth Rogen is the voice of bloody Donkey Kong. What? Um, Keegan-Michael Key is Toad. It's just Toad. It just goes, time for an adventure and not much else. I, I saw I saw a great alternative choice there. Uh, Mike just put in, the, uh, put in the chat earlier. That should have been Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, uh, but again, Gilbert Gottfried is the voice of... Um, uh, 
Iago. Iago, that was it. Yes, from from uh, Aladdin, which we'll be bringing up later. It works for the character. It works for the character. Why have they got these characters in there when also part of the uh, voice cast is Charles Martinet, who is the voice of Mario, who's always been the voice of Mario, as uh, you know, in several other uh, uh, Angry Birds yeah. movie. Um, there's no voices to Angry yeah. Birds. A uh, little bit of like grunts and stuff like that, but then they made a movie. Uh, one, the Angry Birds didn't look anything like they looked like in the game. Um, um, oh, massive thank you, Iquil. Sorry, I didn't realize you threw some bits down there. Appreciate that, mate. Um, uh, but also, they had to give them voices. The end result was a film that was completely throwaway. So, so bare bones. And I mean, yeah, they're making a film about Angry Bear, you know. But, um, when you watch those Angry Birds shorts, they're quite actually quite enjoyable. They're quite fun. <laughs> you know, my kids watch them and I, I sit there and watch them. But when they watch the Angry Birds movie and I was just like, my God, this is awful. And unfortunately, I do feel like that's going to be the way here. I saw someone there mention about Beyonce being in um, uh, uh, Lion King, which now means when I'm watching, you know, those lovely, incredible Elton John produced music, you hear Beyonce going, Whoa! Yeah, doing her much. thing. And it's just like, oh, come on, Beyonce. Yes, you're a great singer. But fucking leave this alone this isn't your thing but anyway yes i've ranted about this already and i'm ranting about it now i think it is a terrible decision to be doing this it's going to make a movie that's going to be great fun for that one time you watch it and then get become completely forgettable um, oh, yeah. uh and they they're it what, what, what really blows my mind is they're working with a property that the entire world already knows and i don't mean just some people Kids of the age of maybe two or three upwards to the grannies and granddads at 80, 90 years old know what the hell Mario is. There's no confusion. And yeah, they, they didn't need to bring in all these people to try and sell a Mario Brothers movie. The name alone would have hey. Do you know what gets me about this? It's like all of those years ago, back when the 90s and the 80s were happening, every kind of vocal depiction of Mario up until mario 64 you always had that sleazy new york italian accent like hey i'm mario mario you know mm -hmm. you had that kind of kind of thing i wonder if that's what they're gonna go for with chris pratt i i would i would i've paid pay admission fee just to see him have it up to that degree but i can also see that not being the case mm -hmm. <clears throat> i just the thing is there are studios that do this right um um, I mean, like, the way that Snoopy movie got turned into a, a, a CGI uh, full-fledged uh, Snoopy movie, I was like, that was so incredibly well done. But what's really quite mind-boggling to me is the fact that Mario already looks perfect and recognisable. You know, there's theme parks based around this guy. You know, like, they, they don't need to do anything to him visually, but they are definitely going to. They're going to do something to him to warrant the fact that these voice that, that he's voiced by all of these AAA actors, and I, my prediction is that it's going to be that typical, um, pretty much every single classic franchise brought to the new world, uh, brought to the new age of new films is going to do, where he gets moved into a new type of world or something, and um, that's they're going to change the way he looks ever so slightly to be even, you know, like I'm expecting to see every strand of hair on his moustache rather than it being just one big shape and um you know I'm, I'm expecting to see the cloth on his on his uh hat and all that sort of stuff and and over the top lighting and everything else rather than being what everyone expects it to look like and when he becomes this ultra half realistic 
Mario character, that's when they're going to see it. I mean, that's my prediction. I don't know how they're going to get to that point. I think it's going to be quite basic. Um, he's found a warp tunnel that takes him there. Like, I don't know. Like, oh, what does, where does this one go? Oh my God, I'm in Earth. Like, mm, something like that's going to happen. I predict. I hope it doesn't go as far as an Earth setting. But saying that, I didn't want them to do it with Sonic and that actually turned out right. Yeah. Um, you, you know, it's going to happen. They're going to do, it's, it's going to be like the the first trailer we see will be to a similar kind of oh my god what they what are they doing as the Sonic movie? Guarantee it. That fish Hopefully out of water not story that is extreme because you know hey I'm a Sega fan but th- th- there's no getting around the fact that they fucked up big time. Sorry, swearing uh, Sonic the first time with that first teaser, but then obviously they completely U-turned. Whether that was a marketing people of their assumptions with that, but um, yeah, there you go. Hey. All we have got to go on um, is the fact that, I mean, this was a custom-made uh, uh, or, or a fan-made poster, but that box was shown off in the uh, the question block, was shown off. And what we can see from that, from that box, and that's all we've got to go on, and obviously the names, is the fact that they are going for a very ultra-realistic, ultra uh, heavy-lit, um, you know what I mean? That, that, that it, It's not as basic as the as the games or the or the animated yeah. like intros look it, they're definitely going for a little bit more ultra realism which further back I, up my theory on mario looking like that as well i wouldn't be surprised if the film starts out in like the nintendo mushroom kingdom and mario is talking like you know charles martinet yeah because and then suddenly suddenly he gets sucked into the real world and you find out that charles the charles martinet voice is actually just the mushroom kingdom language and he can only he can only uh, talk in uh, pure excitement or something yeah. like just completely stupid like that. It, yeah, like making a story because they've got the voice actors rather than bringing in the voice actors because it works with the story. Yeah, doing it the wrong way round. But yes, I agree. It's a very very I want to say confusing and surprising, but I'm also not confused or surprised because Illumination are behind it. They are fantastic animators they are definitely incredible animators but they are definitely one of the animation studios that go oh that film worked let's make 17 more yeah oh look we can get taylor swift in on this one we can get uh i don't know who else is big justin timberlake and it's just like there's some real voice actors anyway i've ranted about this enough and i've probably just done it even longer now not happy (laughs) about this um but at the same time I am so excited to see something drop because it is going to be very, very, very interesting for the probably the months. But anyway, yeah, that's a thing that happened. Um, still pretty cool for them to sh- at least have something like this to be able to talk about. In any- Smash Brothers. People were expecting the final Smash Brothers character to be announced, and it wasn't. Um, but they said in October, uh, was it October 5th? That is going to be the day they revealed the final Smash Brothers character. And uh, there's a very good reason that, well, you believe, Grizzly, that they've chosen that particular date. <laughs> it's complete. Right? It's completely. It, it feels like this. So um, if people have been following like Smash type games, they might have heard of that Nickelodeon All-Stars like Smash <laughs> title. Uh, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I think <laughs> it's quite funny how that game is coming out on exactly the same day that Nintendo are releasing their last character announcement. Yep, absolutely. Now, if the if the huh. uh, uh, Nickelodeon Smash Brother ripoff wasn't coming out, my prediction would have been the fact that the final one would have been a Turtles. But then I've got to throw all uh, characters like that completely out of the window. Um, yeah, they 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 said in the past they want it to be a character from a game. They they're not going to do like anime, cartoons, comics, or anything. Oh, like okay, that. okay. 
Fair but uh, there's a lot of speculation about who this character is going to be. Um, In this particular I'm... article I've got right here, they have a prediction and they've got um, not proof, but they're, 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 they've taken their prediction from a leak uh, or at least yeah, what they've a lot been of told leaks. of as a leak. Um, and I will say that I'm, I'm, I'm with them who I think this is going to be. So if you don't want to hear who, who I think it's going to be, don't listen for 10 seconds. But they predict, and don't watch for 10 seconds, but they predict it's going to be that person, Sora. Oh, I hope not. I really hope not. hope not. Yeah. I mean, like, the big meme about Smash Brothers content is that they're, um, like, pretty much all of the DLC has been sword fighters, Fire Emblem characters, or just in general, people who fight with swords, mm -hmm. even though there's, like, three main types of character if it was me i would like this to be doom guy because you know what doom has been prevailing on every nintendo platform since it was launched yeah so, i i mean yeah. i'm not even the biggest smash Bros. fan but I, you know you can't get around that you can't get away from the hype when they, they drop these new characters and yeah I, I i would i would really like it like it like doom guys like oh, that's a fantastic actually <laughs> yeah I, I i reckon it's going to be the person i said my money is on that, but Doom Guy would be in definitely, definitely. I, I think and, of it um, in terms of Nintendo relevance. I feel like Sora, yeah, he's had a couple of DS games, but not much else. Um, it doesn't feel like a, a character special to Nintendo. I don't know. Iquel said he'd love for it to be Sub Zero from Mortal Kombat, uh, although he <laughs> thinks it's going to be a, a a current gen Pokemon. Um, <laughs> and I did see someone else earlier. I I, I missed the message now, but uh, someone said. <laughs> That it should be that it should be Chris Pratt. That would be pretty. <laughs> that would be pretty insane. That would be like hey guys, it's it me. would actually be great for Nintendo to do that. Um, it would be a very very clever way for Nintendo to work with memes. Um, and do that, but uh, that would be that would genuinely be hilarious. Thing. Like I actually think like, I would want that more than anything because it would be so stupid. And I'm not exactly like the biggest Smash player. I don't even own this on the Switch. I, I still have the Wii U version. I never really played that. But um, it would be hilarious if it was that. I, know, I still predict it's going to be that one that I said earlier. Uh, and but Doom guy. Do you know who I wanted to be? Like, let's assume that Nintendo are the ultimate trolls here, and they go for some. They go for a character that's not been fought off by anyone. <laughs> this is the character I would pick. <laughs> Google Wii Safety Guy. Wii okay? Safety. Yeah, Wii Safety. Yeah. This is the guy that you see at the beginning of every Wii game. <laughs> And he's always knocking over a TV, a vase, or in other people. They, they he's been fondly referred to as reckless safety notice guy for the week. <laughs> he should be in Smash. Nice, nice. I like. <laughs> I would love that. I would I love that so much, especially if there was like a, a side smash where you bowl the Wii remote at people. Absolutely, no, it's yeah. a good one. It's a good. I like that. I like that. But yeah, I, Doom Guy is, I think, a very safe prediction. Fedded Chris Pratt that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think I've skipped through a few videos there. I forgot to press stop on this, whatever uh, I was on here. <laughs> um, it's, it's that get to the skull on time. Uh, <laughs> right, here we go. Here we go. Act Razor Renaissance uh, was uh, not only shown off, but released on the day of the Nintendo Switch. Um, Act Razor was obviously a classic uh, Super Nintendo game, very well uh, respected in the Super Nintendo game with music from uh, Yuzo Koshiro uh, that I actually only learned. Um, probably into the playstation 2 ish era i didn't even realize it but um uh yeah i mean it's a thing that's happened 
Um, but it's been getting some pretty mediocre reviews. I haven't personally played this myself. Um, but hey, uh, have you got any fond memories of Axe Razor? Can't say I do. It's always been one of those ones. Uh, being a non-SNES guy, um, I uh, never really got into. I never saw Act Razor until it became a thing on YouTube, which people would be talking about. Yeah, and I, I absolutely love what I see. But of course, finding copies of it is like finding teeth from a hen. So <laughs> yeah, it's one of those ones I want to get to. Um, and maybe this is my way to do so. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I've, I've had a quick dabble on Act Razor for the Super Nintendo. I'm definitely not a hardcore fan. I didn't grow up with it or anything to that sense. But um, I, I liked what I played. Um, but in all honesty, I don't think this uh, this remakey sort of game uh, has really done enough for me to want to play this over going back and actually experiencing the original. Um, it's cool that you know more games like this are getting uh, you know the remake treatment, so more people get to experience them. But hey, I don't think it's gonna look. It, it's looking all that in all honesty. Um, it's uh, it's looking a bit two point five D. You know the kind of stuff that would have been amazing on the WiiWare store mm -hmm. um, back when the Wii was a thing. But it's looking very basic now, isn't it? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. Um, uh, Mr. Chevmatic over in the chat is asking, are we going to be ch uh, explaining Richcast a little bit more? Yes, we will indeed. We will get to that near the end because they're actually part of uh, the Glover uh, part, which explained that. But uh, yeah, continuing on with the Nintendo Direct. Um, so yeah, that was Axe Razor. Now, Castlevania Advanced Collection finally yes. officially announced. Now, I have got to say here, guys, I have been in talks with Konami over this. <gasps> It's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. I'd say so. I'd say so. I'd so, say what so, is it? Yeah. What is it? We are uh, looking at a uh, new collection of games, similar to their previous one, the Castlevania uh, Anniversary Collection, I think it was. They had the old, original, hard, more hardcore, uh, linear-based um, Castlevanias for the most part, you know, including up to the fantastic uh, sixteen-bit. But this is the Game Boy Advance trilogy plus Dracula X, which was the sort of uh, dumbed-down uh, Rondo of Blood port Nintendo. Now, this is exciting um, because, one, it's ported by M2. And just by saying that, like, if I didn't know that, I'd make me want to buy it straight away because those guys do do bad ports. They're like the, the kings of the ports. Um, and, uh, yeah, these are original Game Boy Advance games that um, are simply fantastic. They're, they're absolutely great. These are the games, uh, the original trilogy of games that came out after Symphony of the Night. So after the world was blown away by that particular game and um, uh, Iga Rushi, or at least for two of these games, Iga Rushi wanted to continue on with that style of Castlevania game, the Metroidvania style of Castlevania. So it's... Um, it's so so exciting, and and this is going to be the verse you play, uh, yeah, without a doubt. Even over the originals, because if you go back, um, the original game was it called Circle of the Moon? Um, was a launch title for the Game Boy Advance. Um, in my opinion, the very best uh, game of the launch uh, titles for the Game Boy Advance. But however, at the time, it was heavily panned because it's such a dark game, and trying to play any kind of a dark game on an original Game Boy Advance is is, is virtually impossible. It's stunning, but no one could see it. <laughs> uh, M M2 uh, have done a fantastic job here, and this definitely going to be the way to play it. And every audio as well. Like, there's there's no reason. I'm kind of with top um, top hat gaming man um, who is happens to be in the chat. Hello, hey, hey top hat, how you doing, buddy? Um, yeah, so I'm kind of with him. It looked a bit weeby when when these when these games first came around. You know, there's very anime on the covers, whereas I always preferred that sort of westernized view of Dracula and that kind of like classical art that's been almost taste uh, 
you know, bit taste led by um, Eastern arts. Sorry, uh, yeah, Western. yeah. Um, but I mean, at the time, course, I, I was with you. I, I, I wanted uh, games of a fist smashing through the cover or a car on fire, you know, or something like that, rather than uh, uh, an anime girl looking too far into the distance, you know, through the yeah. reflection of a sword. You know, <laughs> I'm definitely with you. But uh, yeah, retrospectively, going back to these games, like they they 100% stand it without a doubt. And good yeah. to be here, Tom. Yeah, I love seeing all of the classic because there's a there's a good mixture of that um, Symphony of the Night style and uh, I think you you got Dracula X in there as well if you want something a bit more traditional Castlevania. So mm-hmm. good mixture there. Um, and the Game Boy Advance, of course, is a great little machine. And it's just a shame that these games kind of suck on the Game Boy Advance, but were really good on the DS. And I'm sure they're going to be even better on Switch. Well, I've been looking up these games even more so uh, recently, hence why um, Konami have been in contact with me. Um, we're actually working on, I'm working on a video that will be coming out hopefully within the week, actually, regarding this particular set. Um, and uh, when looking back uh, at those trilogy, I've, I've gone into detail in the video about those particular games, but Aria of Sorrow, the third game, uh, Game Boy Advance trilogy, uh, which was done by Igarushi, um, is looking back through when i look at reviews of what other people have been talking about with uh, with that particular game lots of people have been saying that that is even better um now i don't know if i i i i I sit in that full court but it just goes to show how good these games are they really are that good um i mean i don't need to tell you the symphony in the night is good and for people out there to say that this is arguably better or on par or roundabout 100% 100% worth picking up. Um, like I say, it was a very badly kept secret by Konami that this was happening. They were putting up <laughs> ratings of it on Amazon sites and God knows wherever else. But hey, it's here and it's um, absolutely a great way to fall. Absolutely. Uh, nothing but a good thing. Yes. Now, for me, this was the highlight of the show because I like to discover Ning. And I know uh, when I was watching this uh, with, with a few of the people over in Discord when it was happening, uh, including yourself, Grizzly. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I was, uh, we both got quite excited over it. I, I was more than a tad excited. Um, I love me some pink fluff balls because Kirby is going mm. 3D. It's, he is. it's only been how many years? Like 1983, uh, the first Kirby like game or something like that. Crazy. crazy. No, that's a bit later, actually, wasn't it? 1993, if anything. But yeah, Kirby is... I don't know. I, I've got a real soft spot for this guy because his games are not difficult. They're not difficult in the slightest. But there's just something to be said about being able to play a game, not having to worry about it, and just being, just having fun. And that's what Kirby represents to me. And I'm really looking forward to his first proper 3D adventure in the Forgotten Land. Yes! I don't know. I'm, I'm probably looks, way too excited for this. <laughs> it looks so, so nice. Now... I'm with you. These games are easy. Uh, but you know what? I look at the original Mario games uh, as quite easy games. I think if you want a good, um, uh, well, I suppose they're not 3D games, but if you want a good uh, uh, 2D type Nintendo game that's actually got a good bit of challenge, I think the Donkey Country uh, returns. Um, the only thing I will say is I hope it's not too easy because uh, you have nintendo easy and you know like like i say mario are easy games uh but then they have so much more that makes them like so good and you never feel bored because they're so easy but where if you look at things like the the 3d yoshi games or, or sorry yoshi's crafted world or whatever that one is on the um uh, the switch um i played that and i couldn't get past about five or six levels um i did because my son got very much into it and i played it with him but it was so easy it was tedious to play uh, and i am worried that Kirby and the Forgotten Land will be closer to that ultra easy. Um, and I really don't want it. 
I don't want it. Uh, I hope yeah. easy, but uh, still with a little bit of challenge in there and enough extra to make it worth your while. Yeah, I'm kind of getting the impression that, you know, the Super Mario 3D World Bowser's Fury. I get the impression that this was almost like that was almost like a prototype for what we're seeing here in the Kirby um, trailer. Yeah, because it's kind of got that. Um, yeah, I don't think it's like a full 3D like world like Super Mario Odyssey. Mm-hmm. I think we're looking at something that's going to almost be like a diorama of levels um, yep. that you go through. But yeah, I in terms of ease, I yeah, I, I do want it to have something to it. I want it to have something worth coming back to. But uh, yeah, I, I, I also kind of don't mind if it isn't, you know. It, no, I, I mean, I'm, really I'm like getting to... this game regardless. It's a, it was a great thing for them to show off. And yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it. It looks stunning. It looks great. Um, and uh, <laughs> Top Hat Gaming Man's trolling in too much water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, games with water in always look reflection. Um, I remember um, uh, back in my day, no, when the GameCube came out, does anyone remember when Pikmin, oh, look at those water effects. Don't they look nice? <laughs> anyway um yes uh kirby in the forgotten land uh it looks really nice i'm very excited for it and uh well guys these those were the um uh the, the, the big announcements worth talking about regarding that nintendo direct um considering we've been chatting about them good and bad for the last half an hour maybe yeah Make, means yeah. it was a pretty successful directing yeah i mean there's 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 an odd thing i, I know that people are going to moan because they then they're going to go well why didn't you talk about monster hunter or why didn't you talk about this or that but in reality there's a monster hunter at every nintendo direct um <laughs> it's it really does become quite difficult to tell people like oh yeah this looks kind of cool or i really haven't played monster hunter maybe one day because that day has not come, and I don't think it will for me. But you know, there's there's a we'll lot see. to talk about in these Nintendo Directs. But yeah, it can take too long. So stick to what works for us. I think. Yeah, let's do it. The best of them. now. Moving on, uh, another very very exciting thing happened over the last couple of weeks. Nearly 500 Dreamcast and Xbox prototypes have joined the Deluge preservation yes. effort. Now we've talked about this uh, uh, the Deluge preservation effort quite a few times. Yeah, um, so last the time they did a bunch of PS2. Yeah. yeah, that's it, yeah. Was they it had over like 700? Um, yeah, 700 demos and they they were showing off for like E3 demos of Shadow of the Colossus and various oh, other games. They've so kind exciting. of just gone and done the same with Dreamcast and Xbox and there's now, this more is to come because the Dreamcast is one of my favorite systems of all time and the original Xbox is my favorite Xbox of all so uh getting prototypes for these systems i'm i'm definitely going to be digging deep once i've got this week out of the way and i can finish off with a few videos i've been working on big big videos but uh yeah there is some exciting stuff on here if i actually scroll down uh the news article here uh that's uh some of the more exciting ones there so you've got 349 microsoft xbox prototypes and 135 sega dreamcast games there's a lot less sega dreamcast games that's not far off like not the whole collection but it was there's, that's a good portion uh, of the actual games pretty much there. yeah um, so the games that people care about yeah exactly so highlights from the latest dump include an early build of a four-wheel thunder that was compiled five months before the game launched at the time it was known as off-road thunder as well as t- prototypes of test drive cycles vigilant eight uh vigilante eight second defense which i actually wanted to do a commentary on maybe that will be what i need to finally do it um wwf attitude tony hawks pro skater and ready to rumble boxing round two all for the dreamcast um, I'm sure old Top Hat Gaming Man in the chat is pretty excited about the uh, early prototype of WWF Attitude, see what they added and what they took away. Um, and um, yeah, for the uh, uh, Xbox prototypes, 
we got some classic Sega development stuff. You know me, always got to be bringing up Sega in these uh, podcasts. You had things from Toe Jam and L3, Crazy Taxi Free High Roller. That's something I'm very interested in looking into as I am um, uh, Jet Set Radio Future and Sega GT. Now, what's exciting about Sega GT, that was also a Sega Dreamcast prototype. And who was in it? Luigi. Well, yeah. So it's just crazy to be able to find these things that the developers put in to to, to play around. It reminds me of um, (laughs) the uh, old Amstrad, like, 8-bit computer game called Squeak, uh, where every time you completed a little maze-like level, Squeak would make a little comment like, well done. Um, but as a joke, the development uh, guys behind it put all of these heavily offensive things about doing each other's mums and stuff like that. And that was the version that accident- accidentally shipped. <laughs> this um, is that same kind of thing. You see all of these crazy little prototypes, um, crazy little things that they add to the prototypes for their own fun and amusement while making these games. And we get to actually see that um right here and look hey luigi is in sega gt in a sega game crazy. yes crazy that's <laughs> so cool uh, i love seeing stuff like this it makes me wonder what's left to discover so oh, i mean yeah. with this amount of games with this amount of content there's bound to be some more stuff so this is going to keep people going for a hell of a lot of time hell of a long time <laughs> as michael town said oh hey look it's charlie day Um, there's a great list if anyone's interested there's like a separate link uh, which goes to hiddenpalace.org project daily Mm -hmm. and it gives you a full rundown of everything that's been linked Um, so that's in the word doc uh, Dan the uh, the full list but yeah it's uh, yeah 135 prototypes pretty much I think what gets me about this list is so all of this was pulled together from a personal collection so somebody has been going around to trade shows and various other avenues, getting as many discs as they can. And these have all been pulled from physical media. So just like last time when it came to the PS2, a lot of this might not work perfectly because of simply because it's it's on rotting disc media. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is just the stuff that they could get back. And there's plenty more to get to. So you can think. It makes me want to get um, one of those uh, GDMU things for my Dreamcast, so I can just throw all of these games in there. And just yeah, for sure. Spend a couple of days just going through them because there's going to be something really exciting stuff here, especially on that Xbox side of things as well. Like getting prototypes for uh, Jetset Radio Future and Crazy Taxi Free. Wow, that's <laughs> that's like dream come true stuff. Here. It really is it's so exciting. So, so I love the fact that they they managed to find Philips CDI game prototype it's just Uh, why why even bother looking at those just focus on the xbox stuff no you know wrestling with gaming he's a big fan of that you know fan (laughs) (laughs) so yeah lots of moving on to uh slightly sad and over the last couple of weeks we've had a few uh a couple of people pass uh in the retro gaming uh space before we get to sir clive sinclair um it was obviously a legend, an absolute legend. Uh, we've also got to give a, a massive shout out to. I want to make sure I'm actually saying his name correctly. McGinty, uh, uh, McGinty. I, I, I'm saying it wrong. I'm probably uh, one of the legendary uh, Mega Drive artists that yes. worked on um, uh, Street Fighter Two, Streets of Rage Two and Three as well. Like some insanely iconic, the the the, the, the iconic game covers that you remember from your youth if you was a, a gamer in the early nineties. Uh, that man was. A, as well as many other things as well but retro gaming show that was uh where he stood out for us and uh he passed as did uh sir clive sinclair 
the uh, uh, the guy that helped bring the home commute computer market into the masses uh, with his very very cheap ZX. Yeah, yeah. So, well, hmm. yes, yeah, it's, it's a sad week. Uh, it's, a, it's a sad couple of weeks. I know that um, this news is relatively old now, but it it seemed remiss. Uh, when we got back to it, that we wouldn't raise a glass to Sir Clive because this Absolutely. man, this man was prolific. You know, he cr- he created the ZX Spectrum, um, that uh, so-called gaming crash of 1983 that everyone talks about in the states yep. didn't happen over here because of thing. men like this. Absolutely, um, absolutely. I mean, I didn't have a ZX Spectrum. I do remember a couple of friends having ZX Spectrums. I had an Amstrad um and uh the, the 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 games that i used to go and buy for like one pound 99 down at the chemist like that was how bizarre it was here in the uk when you guys were i can't believe it i'm finding games that are like a pound in bins you know when the video game crash of 1983 happened you always hear the stories of i managed to pick up et for a pound like mate we were that was how much games were for us and when you compare it to the Atari 2600, I don't really think they were any better or worse, if I'm honest. I think they were about on the same part. These were games made by some of the most legendary uh, uh, game coders out there for these systems that were uh, remarkably affordable in the home computer market. And it was because of people like uh, Sir Clive Sinclair and, and others like Alan Sugar for the Amstrad um, that were able to bring that to the home market. Now, there is a um, sort of a reenactment documentary um, that... I actually didn't watch until quite recently, about a year or so ago, I watched it called Micro Men, which looks at uh, the history of those. And it features, um, I can't remember the name of the actor, but the guy who plays ZX Spectrum, it gives you a bit more of an insight into into this guy. Um, uh, I'm not 100% sure how perfectly accurate it is, but from what I hear, it is it's quite up there. Um, a lot of uh, British YouTubers are putting out videos um, uh, showcasing their love for what, for what this guy was able to. And um, yeah, it's important that we... Uh, we share some love. And and also, um, Top Hat Gaming Man also says they're ripped to Boise as well from Only Forces. For the for the uh, British people watching, uh, I know Only yeah. Forces and Horses isn't exactly a big thing over in um, the States. Um, but uh, yeah, Boise, one of the most iconic uh, uh, members of that cast from Only Forces, sadly passed away over the last couple of weeks on that. Yeah, that one hit like a ton of bricks. Um, legends. All of these people, legends. It's unfortunately the age we've got to. The the they're the, the dropping yeah. and over the last couple of weeks, dropping like flies. Um, much respect to all three of them for sure. I suppose you've also got to have a look at his very failed. Looking at talking to Sir Clive Sinclair here, but his very much failed electric way ahead of its time oh yes people will be riding around in stuff that looks like this soon i'm fairly sure i mean we're starting to see those uh micro scooters on pavements this that's not too far from this you know i i like to think that uh if he was around just a month or so longer he'd be going past the petrol stations here in the uk Told putting you up story. a little middle finger to all of those people that are queuing up for <laughs> petrol. Because if you don't know, here in the UK, we've got a bit of a petrol. And there are, as far as the eye can see, trying to fill up with diesel and petrol. There's this guy, Sir Clive Sinclair, going around in his originally mocked electric. Which looked like, like it was one of those toys from <laughs> Mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he definitely watched Tron before he made it, didn't he? <laughs> for sure. Yes, uh, a legend, uh, a bit controversial uh, in his time, but um, yeah, like I say, there, there's no getting away, uh, uh, getting around his uh, impact on UK home computer market. Um, legend, absolute legend, and much respect to him. This one goes out to you, Clive. Great job, great job. <sighs> now, slightly more upbeat here. Uh, you know me. I'm all about Disney. I do love Disney. Let's turn that down a little bit. Yes, 
Do you remember, remember that Disney collection that came out um, for pretty much all consoles, if I'm not mistaken, that featured the Mega Drive versions of Aladdin, uh, along with, like, I think there was the Game Boy in, version in there and a few others, but it did not include the Capcom Super Nintendo version. Um, and you also had a Lion King on there and the various Game Boy ports and Master System ports, whatever you, Super Nintendo port of uh, Lion King as well, if I'm not mistaken. Well, the big confusing part of that was the fact that, it, yes, it didn't have the Super Nintendo version of Aladdin on there. One of the most go-to arguments for retro gamers to, to fight between is, is it the Super Nintendo or is it the Mega Drive or Genesis for the Americans watching um, uh, version, which is the better one? Uh, for me, obviously, it's the Genesis Mega Drive yeah, version. Which totally. is definitely, yeah. definitely. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, they're... Um, re-releasing that collection only i want to say like a year later it's really not that much longer mm. and it's finally including that super nintendo version and all of the various versions of the jungle book as well yeah so interesting move they've they've gone ahead and they've put all of the roms all of the different platform roms so they've actually made it you know but before the last time we spoke about this we kind of criticized this move because they would it just looked like they were adding the jungle book and nobody cares about the jungle book game Let's be honest. Not when you're talking it's, about Aladdin and Lion King. Yeah, it's still a good game. Yeah, it's a, it's proto Aladdin, isn't it? It's the first time they tried that Disney animation style on the console, and then they made went and made a masterpiece. You know, mm -hmm. it was the prototype before all of that. But I feel like they've actually done it a bit of justice here. Um, and just to point out as well, so people who own the original Disney Classic Collection. As we'll be able to get this at, as DLC for $9.99. Or the is, it, that's, is that what it is, $9.99? Yeah, which it's right, a little okay. bit, you know, a <laughs> little bit cheeky because I'm sure this collection will cost just as much as the old collection did. But Well, no, my prediction is now these are Disney games, you know, like I can't imagine getting these games um, uh, uh, onto a collection is going to be the easiest thing to do. I know on the back end i can't say uh, which companies and that i've dealt with but i know companies that have tried to do this and it has been extremely hard to the point where it just didn't go ahead um and uh yeah i mean hey we've got the most iconic besides the castle of illusion series 16-bit games here on one collection now my prediction is uh, you know, obviously you got the, uh, uh, Capcom with the people that made the Super Nintendo version of Aladdin. Uh, there was a rights issue that they were going up against. And I imagine this was just sitting there for so, so long. Like, come on, we've got to get this out. And they finally put this out without that, in, without that added because they weren't sure if they were going to get it. Or they were doing that to prove to Capcom, look, hey, this is going to sell. Give it to yeah. us. Um, and uh, yeah, hey, we can get Jungle Book. Throw that in there too. Now or I, um, I get the impression that um, it's does it's not really up to Capcom as such. Maybe they had to do a bit of back ends, you know, rights management. But uh, have you noticed that the Capcom logo doesn't appear to be anywhere on that box? That's very true. So it's it leads me to believe that this is like partially like the Disney licensing wing doing all of the work here, and maybe they're using the archival copies there. But you know, it is weird that we are seeing a Capcom game on a product that's full of virgin releases yeah it's just weird you know it's, it's an odd one it's an odd one and um, i mean i'm really glad it's happened because there's quite a few companies that have done these uh, uh 
redeveloped versions of these games. I mean, well, I am 8-bit are the main one. They did that £100 ridiculous version of, um, what did they do? They did uh, the Lion King and Mega Drive version of Aladdin. Uh, but you never really saw, like you say, that Capcom version come back. It, it was quite a bizarre one. But then you you did manage to see other collection series come out of like DuckTales and stuff like that, which they also did. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to see that this has finally happened. Um, I do hope Disney don't go down the route of just constantly pumping this out now every single year, like some companies do of their retro games. It's going to completely devalue it. Uh, and I don't mean that in the money ways. I mean that people just won't care about it because it's just yeah. constantly always out. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. Um, like I say, it very much looked like even back then that this was going to be the start of a series. And I really, really hope that happens. I want to see a collection of the classic Castle, um, uh, Castle of Illusion, Land of Illusion, uh, those sort of games. I saw someone mention there. Um, I always say it wrong. Mayo Mallard uh, game as well. Maui Mallard. Maui Mallard, yeah. Mallard, yeah. yeah. That would be fantastic. I mean, you had things like Quackshot. Uh, Pinocchio is an absolute hidden gem when you look at classic Disney games. No one talks about that very late. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, be surprised if we saw Pinocchio, Pocahontas, and all of those old 16-bit games. I'd be up for that. Like the Disney movie collection, then the Disney illusion collection. Yes, that needs to happen. And I want them to put the uh, the third uh, Epic Mickey game because that was technically a cross between Epic Mickey and yes. the World of Illusion series, and it works. It I think works we'll keep saying world. this till we're blue in the face, but they that those games need to be re-aired. Just put on a massive collection in a treasure chest, collector's edition mm-hmm. with all of the uh, the stuff. I I will buy all the stuff. I will be buying this physically again, which is a stupid thing to do because, like I say, I own two-thirds of what's on here already. Um, well, and a half of what's on here already. They are adding two games, I suppose, two sets of games. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that it's going to be coming with all of those extras, that's the big selling point for me. Uh, I don't know if many people know this, but I am. Uh, I, I really do want to write a book one day all about the history of Disney video games uh, leading up to when they stopped making games themselves and just started dishing them out like gardens of the galaxy to square enix and uh uh obviously when it comes down to lion king and aladdin they're huge huge sections of disney's classic history uh when it comes down to video games and and, and, the, and the renaissance period i mean this is the, the these are the most iconic games outside of the illusion series from disney's back catalog if you if you ask me so yeah they're in a nice little collection this is what it should have always been um if this is the same price as the old one they should be giving that dlc away for free um and uh i suppose the other question would be is that dlc is it just going to be the fact that you get jungle book and the uh, super nintendo version of aladdin or are you going to be getting all these extras in there as well who knows i i believe it's all of the extras it's just it, that's that's what leads it to believe like it's just it's not so much a game release it's literally the addition of the game this is the super street fighter 2 version of this collection yeah Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Michael Towns made a good point there. Let's not forget Toy Story. I I yeah. rented Toy Story and I played that through. I thought that was freaking awesome. It's it's definitely age. It's not the greatest game to play now, but my god, did I love that game back in the day. And uh, my all time favorite is uh, Mickey Mania. And as we all know from the channel Game Hut, uh, which is run by one of the people at Traveler's Tales that worked on that game, there was an epic uh, uh, a Mickey Mania two in the works. Um, which sadly never came to be, which I would have used generally one of my favorite games of all time. I adore that game. My favorite Disney game, bar none. Um, 
and uh yeah I, th- there's so much more they could add to a second collection of these games uh and even and even a probably yeah a third i mean you can put well. little mermaid into this as well beauty and the beast for the super nintendo as well i, I always remember those games not being good though <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like, yeah that they, they, they certainly weren't up to this standard but you know some people might like him, but the fact that this collection have the Game Boy Advance, Game Gear, and oh, the Game Boy Advance, sorry, the original Game Boy and Game Gear uh, versions on there as well. It's it's as a Disney fan, so great to have them as a collection. It's like, yeah, I I, I would, yeah, I, I would I would adore the fact that we would be able to get things like even like the, the NES and stuff like that. I would think it's so cool. <laughs> That'd um, be cool. It would be so good. Um, just just for someone like me, for a historic point of view, I think it would be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's happening. That's happening. And um, moving on, let's chat about something that I know you're very excited about, Grizzly. Yes, because I love it Perfect. when bad business practices get punished. <laughs> right. So the UK, good old Blighty, has turned around and said, no, you will not do those microtransactions in the way you no. are doing now and in typical uk fashion they half ass it so they <laughs> they turn around and said right so have you ever got onto one of those mobile apps you're playing a game that has microtransactions in there and suddenly you get a pop-up saying this is the best offer you'll get today um you only have 30 seconds before this offer runs out please buy our gems so you can buy more digital goodies that that don't really do anything other than prolong your enjoyment of this experience until we ask for more money um they are uh, the asa have basically turned around to the app developers and said right can you knock that off please so you're not allowed to do any more best value notifications and you're not allowed to do time to promotions or you know advertise them as time to promotions and pressure people into buying those microtransactions i such a welcome move not quite as strong as I hoped it would be, but it's a step in the right direction. Yes. Um, I, 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 so my son's got a, uh, a tablet and we pay like a monthly fee to Amazon pound. It's like, no. uh, and he gets all of the obvious games. You're your angry bird, uh, cut the rope and stuff like that. And all of the microtransactions are taken out when we're like, you know, in a queue for a ride at a theme park or, 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 or waiting at a restaurant or whatever else. And he's like, oh, can I play a game on your phone? I, freak out and my eyes are just like this staring at him because he doesn't realize what he's clicking so fast and he's playing something like the sum sum game um which is essentially a connect the dots but with disney character faces and at the end do you want to pay one pound 99 to continue for 10 seconds like, no stop don't touch anything don't touch anything and i freak out yeah <laughs> um this sort of stuff like yeah like i say hardcore uh use of the phrase here nothing but a good thing get this stuff stopped there needs to be i i understand companies you know make money from this and i'm all for companies making money uh not from this particularly but at least having like a a, a line they that they, they don't cross um but yeah i mean it, it goes absurdly ridiculous it really really um, yeah i mean i haven't got much to say if on it if i'm honest it's everybody <laughs> I'll just I'll just add in the fun little snippet about the on the thumbnail choice for this was Dungeon Keeper. If anybody remembers what that game was like on mobile, um, you you would have been met with the Haunt Devil t- saying, "Right, okay, well, it kind of sucks that this game has stopped, but maybe maybe you'll just pay some extra money just to make it go again." And mm. that's essentially the translation of every phrase that that thing says to you, and he's tenacious. 
He will yeah. make you go back. He will make you spend money. And I got abs. I that's the game that kind of went right. Okay, I'm not playing mobile games anymore because this is getting ridiculous. And the last time I went into a mobile game, it was exactly the same story, if not just worse, because every five seconds there was a new advert, and they the the price that you would pay to unlock the full game these days is far too far too much as opposed to the microtransactions they know exactly what they're doing and to they be honest they do know what they're evil. doing and you know i mean i've got to put my business hat on here a little bit um it's really tough it's really tough um because it's very easy and i'm seeing everybody in the comments uh, and don't get me wrong I, I i would love to live in a world with microtransactions that are not a thing um but it's very easy for us all to say I wish they would just do a £5 version of the game. I'd rather pay that than have to go through all of the ads. 99.999% of the time when they do that, one, they don't sell very well, the £5.99 version or the £1.99 version, whatever it is, because people just want to get the free version and sit through the ads. And secondly, like the absurd amount of money they make (laughs) from you looking at adverts as opposed to you paying £5.99, just makes it just compl- when you put both of those things together why would you as a company ever want to do that five pound 99 version um like i said i there, there, there needs to be a balance um yeah i i think as much as i don't like it and like i say i wish i lived in a world where microtransactions are not a thing i think it's very i think it's a little bit unbelievable to say just get rid of them just get rid of them yeah there needs to be a middle ground somewhere where um it works for both parties because at the end of the day, that device, this device I've got right here is so incredibly powerful. There's some insanely incredible game developers out there that can make insanely incredible things, but it's these microtransactions that go so far beyond what they ever should that stops people like you and me ever going on that device to actually go and find them. They're a perfect example. It's space invaders collection, uh, invincible collection. I think it's called, um, for the, uh, um uh, for the for the for the nintendo switch that game on there has an uh, space invaders versus arkanoid game and that is a carbon copy of a game that's already on the mobile phone it's literally exactly the same because you use your finger to, to to move the little arkanoid thing around and you have to bounce and hit the space invaders um it's utterly fantastic it's sold okay on here it's sold okay on here but it was a game that you had to pay f- um, outright for like a tenner or something and it I, I absolutely guarantee they would have made a potentially millions more uh, if they'd done it as an advert thing. Um, and it wasn't until it came to the Switch where people started realizing, wow, this is a bloody awesome game. This is an amazing game. Because I remember when I did my Space Invaders uh, weird crossover video, trying to find people that were reviewing the uh, mobile phone version, there was almost no one there. Now the Space Invaders Invincible Collection, everyone's talking about it. So it's really tough from a game company's point of view, and it's very easy for us to say, oh, I just wish they would just put a game on there and charge us a set amount of money, because proof is in the pudding. We don't buy them. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and, and it's a vicious circle, because we don't buy them, so the companies are going to stop putting games on there for a five, ten pounds, because we're not buying them. They're going to keep filling up games with um, adverts, because that's what's making them money, and that's what you know we play um and um yeah then it makes us just never want to pick that 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 what is essentially an utterly fantastic system um which should be i mean it's it's an utterly hugely powerful more powerful than most your handheld consoles that we all adore um uh little system so it's 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 a tough one it's a tough one things like this are a good thing nothing but a good thing 
So um, um, the the thing yeah. that stands out for me. So there's a lot of people in the comments talking about microtransactions and whether they are necessary or not. Um, so Clown Dad very clearly has put out microtransactions have to be a thing, and I mm -hmm. have to agree with that. They do because these games don't get uploaded to the Apple Store or Google Play for free. There, there has to be some sort of fee in there. I mean, that used to be completely supported by ads, but with so much competition on the stores these days, you have to think of other ways to make generate revenue. Um, I think my problem with microtransactions is just how transparent they are, and that is, well, sorry, non-transparent they are. So as soon as you boot up a game, it doesn't matter what you're playing. So I, I put in some 8-ball pop, the mini clip thing. Uh, the other day and the first thing it did without me even playing the game was put its hand out and says right money please and i'm yeah. not going well i haven't even tried it yet i don't even know if i'm gonna like this yeah See, i'm a traditionalist if i like a game if i like the look of a game chances are i'm going to pay to play it and i don't expect to be interrupted once i've done so. mm -hmm. with free-to-play games i expect there to be some sort of interruption I do not expect an immediate handout asking oh, yeah. for cash when they haven't earned it. And that's no. where that's that's where it draws the line and it goes too far. Um, you know, like, for instance, so Line are a company uh, that make some of the more popular uh, uh, mobile phone games um, out there. Things like your Sumsums. They might not sound popular in this country, but they're huge. They're China. I might get that wrong. But um they, uh, uh, like I say, they did some, some, they worked, they worked with Nintendo on, uh, I believe they did the, the Mario Kart version, but they definitely did Dr. Mario. Now I am a little bit addicted to Dr. Mario world on mobile phones. And that game is actually getting taken down. The reason why is it's not that hard of a game. You start with 10 lives, you know, you, you, uh, every time you lose a life, then you have to, um, wait half an hour for a new life to come in. We've all, we've all seen. But the yeah. thing with Dr. Mario is every time you pass a level, of which there is 1,400, um, you don't lose a life. So you can actually play for hours and hours. I can't remember the last time I played it where I ran out of lives. Um, because even though you may fail, um, you've done the last several and you, you've already you, you've kept your lives up so much. And unfortunately, the game is going away. It, people that, that, that there are dedicated like Reddit forums that like that game, but because Line are not making the money, they're just getting rid of it. That game's going. A Dr. Mario game is soon going to be completely off of the uh, uh, game market, never to be played again. Servers are getting shut down. I think it's in like October or November of this year. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to get to where I can, and I'm like level 400 odd. Um, but, and I've never put a penny in it. <laughs> never, ever put a that penny in so it. That is so like mobile gaming. So the, is, yeah. I remember when like Outrun and, and Afterburner Climax was available on the iPhone. Mm -hmm. And then just after a certain amount of time, um, the game just wasn't supported anymore. And you just could not play that game anymore. Doesn't matter if you bought it. Doesn't matter if you, you know, put some money into the advertising. So I bought those games. You know, they were... You know, that's when iPhone games were relatively cheap. I've, after Burner Climax was a max three ninety nine, whereas the majority of other games were fifty nine p. And that that sucks, you know, because I I've bought a copy of that game. I expect to be able to play it, and no, it just wasn't compatible anymore. There's no Windows style tricks where you can make it emulate Windows ninety five or anything like that. No, nope, just wasn't going to work anymore. Screw you. Thanks for your cash. 
Um, I, it, it's really worrying because, but you know, we talk about, we even talked in this episode about um, micro, uh, sorry, not microtransactions, it was about uh, game preservation. We, I, 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 my, my, my kids play mobile like apps. Uh, I mean, obviously you have the obvious ones like your Angry Birds and all that sort of stuff. When they're older, if they want to be doing what I do, um, there's no way of preserving these games. You just literally, I mean, obviously the big ones will always be around, but that game I'm playing right now, Dr. Mario World, that's a game that is perfect for mobile phones. It's a, it's a puzzle game. There's, it's, it's absolutely perfect. It was, you know, I, I don't think, I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of a, of a Nintendo game that works better for mobile phones. Like it, 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 it transitioned smoothly. It's a, it was a puzzle game on console. It's a puzzle game still. Um, and in a couple of months, there's a game in that series that we will never, ever, ever get this to play again. And I, I think that's insane. Yeah. And from a massive company like Nintendo, featuring the most iconic video game character of all time, goodbye, done. Um, it's very scary for video game preservation. And I think uh, we're going to um, uh, be seeing how, how, how bad can... that's going to be. In, in... Unfortunately, I can see this becoming the uh, the rule, not the exception. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I, I mean... <sighs> I went, that went on a bit. I, I wasn't expecting that one to go on for as long as it did. <laughs> Passion. Passion about preservation. Passionate. Yeah. Even even mobile phone games. Even mobile phone games. Because at the end of the day, they're games too. And a lot of the time they are created by insanely talented developers. They're just on a platform that sadly the majority of real gamers, quote unquote, uh, don't want to touch blooming microtransactions soured our taste for the phone so yeah um, hopefully things like this uh asa thing's gonna knock that down a bit and, and and make us realize that actually you know what this ain't a bad device for playing games on some games yeah. some games we don't want to touch sometimes screen is I mean, but what i'm trying to get out before we move on is the fact that you know like the nintendo ds comes out and that's got a touch screen and everyone thinks it's the most incredible thing ever but no one will ever touch this for the same reasons it's you know like warioware would be insanely good on this on, on a mobile phone it would work perfectly um a standalone warioware type game with touchscreen controls i mean technically happen the dsm slightly degree with the wii but hey uh, unless you pay every time you go up 10 levels ah what a shame what a shame nope. now Good moving on it. to our final topic let's chat about glover <laughs> because it's coming back hey so this is a good side of game preservation you know glover um the game that probably a lot of people have heard of on the N64, but have either not played it or got sick to the teeth of seeing this in secondhand shops every five seconds. Um, this is what I love about game preservation. It doesn't need to be Mario. It doesn't need to be Sonic. It doesn't need to be <laughs> like Crash Bandicoot or these massive names. Just about any any game is game. Um, and yeah. we are seeing a remaster for Glover coming from the excellent Pico Interactive. Absolutely. So what you're seeing uh, on the screen for people that are watching live rather than is the original N64 game. Um, but like you say, there is a remastered version and here it is. So yeah, Glover being the platform game where you play as a glove, um, bouncing a ball around the level and the idea is to get from point A to point B. And uh, I, I actually really enjoyed this back in the day. I think it was one of those ones that found its way underneath a lot of Christmas trees. And if yes. I recall correctly, um, I'm not completely well versed in it. Is this is one of those games where they banked a lot of? Uh, they they thought this was going to be a massive success, if I recall correctly. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I such, interviewed the Oliver Twins on this, and uh, I definitely got that impression. And uh, 
didn't weren't a, a few extra cuts made than they really should have done <laughs> because <laughs> this was that. everywhere yeah i i believe that was the case and also there was a um so what's interesting about this so um pico interactive have been talking about re-releasing this the the an official n64 cartridge similar to how they did 40 winks mm-hmm. on uh on the n64 recently but it's quite interesting because Glover already came out on the N64. So what's what's really different if they did re-release it? And there's actually a little known fact is that the original Glover retail release actually had a, a major bug um, that would halt game progress in some in some situations. And the release that Pico Interactive have, which is an earlier or a late beta phase, actually has that bug rectified. So in reality, if you wanted the complete finalized version of Glover, <laughs> then this is the way to get that version of Glover. Absolutely. So I have reached out to the developers of the original Glover, and I've reached out to Pico Interactive to get a little bit more information on this. And I've got a very little bit of information to go on with. But before I do, I want to just quickly show you guys, and for people listening, tell you guys, that those people that I reached out to are the Oliver Twins. Now, the Oliver Twins, uh, for people uh, um, for people that are fans uh, of the Complete History series, I actually did a video based on Dizzy. Dizzy, the Complete History, who was my first true love in the mascot world before the days of Sonic the Hedgehog and Mario. I was into Dizzy, the egg-looking uh, character, part of the yoke folk for the old Amstrad CPC, and went on to the uh, Mega Drive with Fantastic Dizzy and a few other places as well. And I was obsessed with that uh, that series before the days of Mega Drive took over my life. And um, yeah, I got to interview the Oliver Twins when I created that complete history. It was an absolute uh, uh, godsend. Uh, it was me giving my younger, I don't even know how old I would have been, six or seven-year-old self a high five. It was it was so important that we had to finally do it. Wasn't, I knew it wouldn't be a successful video in the world because, hey, it's Dizzy. It's, I don't know, Street Fighter or something. <laughs> you know? But I, I owed it to myself to make that video. And they were very imp- they were very happy with it. Um, the people that watched it were very happy with it. it was, I was very excited. And the cool thing about it is me and the Oliver Twins have stayed close. We, um, we chat every so often, and they offered me uh, the ability to uh, work with them on an upcoming application called Richcast. Now, I did shout out about this, and the reason I'm talking about this is because, hey, we're talking about the Oliver Twins, let's talk about Richcast, um, which is something that they have, partly them and someone else as well, have uh, produced. Now, I don't know how much I can talk about with this. I'm obviously under NDA and all that sort of stuff, but hey, they've actually started showing off trailers about all of this now, and you will see in the trailer that my mug pops up on the application i have created for this new type of interactive media a quiz show uh slopes game show and obviously it's all going to be to do a retro game mostly new stuff in um and um i'm so excited because i i spent a long time on this long time back in, in the back end in the early part of this so please 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 do sign up i'm not getting paid for this no more this is all done and dusted i just want this to do well for the Oliver Twins. Um, please do go and sign up and open the copy link address. I'm going to be putting um, uh, something right here in the chat. If you guys could sign up, even if you want to just do it as a play tester for when this thing is actually properly released, please do so. Every week they're going to be showing off a new thing that this uh, uh, application can do. Um, I think I'm in week four, but I'm one of the launch products for this system. And my God, am I excited to show you guys. Now, 
thankfully that's my little um uh, little uh, stint done right there <laughs> mm -hmm. um like i said i can't go too in depth with it but basically if you like retro gaming stuff you like what i do on my channel uh, i've worked with them to create an interactive experience uh game show quiz show type thing you guys will be able to experience that when this goes you sign up using that link link there tell them you want to be a game tester or hey if you if there's anyone out there that actually wants to create something with them i'm sure they'll be happy to hear that too um they're very approachable fellows um and i approached them regarding glover there you go i've gone back to that and i asked them to give me a little bit of information regarding this because they were one of the they, they were the original developers on glover for the n64 i reached out to them um and i think it was philip Oliver that replied, Philip had this. We have talked to Pico and wished them luck. We did try to find them the source code, but I don't think we found anything useful for them. We wish them all the best, recreating Glover and maybe even Glover 2. That would be awesome. So oh, <laughs> we may be getting more than just simply Glover here, guys. Um, uh, who knows what went on with those conversations? Was I supposed to know that? I don't know. But hey, said it to the world now um yes so obviously yeah they are actually the people that worked on that original glover like you said the original source code was not sent over but as you stated there grizzly they are using the original uh, an early beta which fixes one of the earlier bugs found in the released version um and they're working from that by the sounds of it um i also reached out to pico the people that are actually uh, doing the remaster and they had this to say we will be doing, it's very short, but I'll go here. We will be doing a re-release of the Nintendo 64 cartridge. I think that was pretty predictable, but hey, we've actually got proof of that now. Nintendo 64 cartridge, uh, which will include the remastered version for PC. So that's how you're going to be getting it. So N64 version will be the original N64 version, hopefully with that bug fixed. And then it's also going to include that PC version of the remastered uh, version um which will also be working oh and we will also be working on a port of the remastered version for current gen as well so hey, hey, hey glover i think is pretty fair to say coming to the switch <laughs> yay hey, <laughs> coming home coming <sighs> there you go how's that for you yeah i think that was all right yeah not bad not bad i don't know where that voice came from <laughs> you're, you're doing an impression of me <laughs> Uh, it's, it's it's like a, a bastardized version of Larry and you, which also is. happens to be the same person. Exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, let me know, guys. I mean, uh, are, are there any uh, Glover fans in the house? I, I actually didn't give it a lot of time back in the day. I mean, I didn't have an N64, uh, and I know there was the PlayStation version as well. Um, and from what I hear, the PlayStation version wasn't as not as good. From what it I was, it was all right. I, <laughs> it was, uh, it was just one of those games that just kind of was. Um, like you Spider, know, that's always one I go to. That was one of those games that existed. Yeah. I always remember. You know, it's one of those games that were always reviewed quite. You know, it was just average. You know, it just came up as average. But if you played it now, I'm sure there'll be a lot of charm to be found here. Because when you mm -hmm. when you're back in the day, you've played Mario, you've played Banjo Kazooie, and then you look at Glover and you go, "No thanks." <laughs> Because it's very basic. It's basic looking compared to both. Yeah, both I games. mean, it's you know, like you had the the massive first person craze of the uh, 360 era. You had uh, the 2D craze of the 16-bit era, and obviously this is this is a victim of the uh, 3D platforming craze of the PlayStation One, N64, and even moving into like your, your PlayStation Two Dreamcast era. Um, 
there was more than a ton to choose from. 99% of the time, you're going to go to the obvious uh, games, your, your Mario 64, your Banjo and Kazooie's uh, for PlayStation owners, Crash Bandicoot, Croc, and, uh, you know, those sort of things. Um, uh, Glover was another one. Um, it wasn't the best, but in actual fact, when you go back, you realize that the game has actually got quite a lot of charm. And um, when you compare it even to things like Croc that done quite well back in the day, I would actually go as far as saying that this is actually more uh retrospectively remembered it, it gets brought up like a lot this game and um yeah now's the chance to go and check it out with this remaster coming out and hopefully uh uh ports coming out later down the line for current gen systems. so that's exciting exciting yeah yeah it's nice to see that glover will find an audience amongst you pete <laughs> no it's not good <laughs> you know, <I'm laughs> sure. it, it will it will have a very niche audience and remain niche but i'm sure people will get a kick out of it Glover for Smash. Now there's a game I'd love to see come back, Michael. Thank you. Space Station Silicon Valley. Uh, I'd love to see that being re-released. But you are talking about DMA designs there, which yeah. it happens to be Rockstar. So yeah. probably not going to Probably not going to happen. Probably not going to happen. So yeah, there we go, guys. I think we've uh, reached the end of the podcast. That, went on, that one went on for a little bit, actually. I think we, we got a little bit uh, ahead of ourselves. With the, um, uh, you know, move, moving on to all those microtransactions, chit-chat and all that, uh, you know, what, uh, what the hell was Nintendo doing by adding Chris Pratt as the voice of Mario? You know? Well, we've been, we've been away for a little while. It's good good to give the, the people a bumper episode. So give them what they know, want. Give them what they want. Absolutely. And Acorn Electron, <laughs> thank you so much for gifting Mr. Top Hat Gaming Man there. Ace, what a legend. What a legend. Chris Pratt for the voice of Glover. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to end it there. And uh, yeah, let's roll the outro. Thank you all so, so much. Thanks for listening to Slopescast, the retro gaming news show with myself, DJ Slope, and my co-host, Grizzly Cryden, recorded live on Twitch every single Tuesday night. If you want to listen in live, then make your way over to twitch.tv forward slash Slopes Game Room at 9pm UK time, 1pm Pacific Standard Time, and 4pm Eastern Standard Time. And as stated, if you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider supporting the show on Patreon or as a YouTube member. And finally, if you do have any news stories for us then please do feel free to drop them in the dedicated rooms over on discord at discord.gg forward slash slopes game room and until next time guys this is dj slope signing out and hopefully i'll see you all next time